Hello, and welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager for Bone Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. How you doing, Rob? Did you almost call me Jerry? No. Uh-uh. I thought I heard a J coming in there. There, there was a J that slipped in there. I don't know there why. There was a J that slipped in there. So I, see, yeah. I, I hear it all. Yeah, I couldn't even tell For you why. For a floor guy, I got pretty good hearing. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, that was a test. I, uh, I'm doing really good, buddy. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Yep, it's rainy outside. Kind of miserable out, but uh, happy to be here. Uh, you got to take the good with the bad. Yes, sir. That's all right. Today, uh, we're going to talk about red flags and uh, working with, uh, should we say, challenging customers. Challenging customers. Yes. And that's, the, that's the, I like the little talk you and I had before the show is we didn't want to call them PIAs or problem. We we're trying to come up with a nice, nicer way to talk to it. So I, I like what you said there. Challenging. More challenging customers. Yes, yes. But we, I like the names we gave them. I do like the names we gave them. Yeah, I, and I think everybody's experienced this over the course of their career and then some. So, um, you know, uh, let's talk about some of these and, 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 uh, and, and you know, what, what, how, why is it detrimental to yourself as well as your business to working uh, for some of these clients? And, um, you know, one thing about it, owning your own business or uh, whatever is you can, uh, you have the ability to say no. That's a very powerful, uh, nice distinction that you can say no. And once again, you and I enter the Highlander Johnson fork in the road and start to go our different paths. All right. Well, let's talk about it. I think we can have some fun with this one. Absolutely. Okay. My feeling is with these, what do we call them? Not problem. Challenging. Not problem child. Challenging. Challenging customers. Challenging customers. And this is just my gut feeling. And this is how I was even when I was, you know, still full-time doing this. Those challenging people, I thought if I could win them over, that was going to be a hell of a referral because I always felt if I thought they were a challenging customer, people who know them know that they're challenging. Two ways you know? of looking at that. Two ways of looking at that, Rob. <laughs> of course there is. And one of them is an expression that I learned from you years and years ago now. And it Uh-oh. is can't wait to hear this. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Is the juice worth the squeeze? I do so, like to say that a lot. So uh, you are there just like a marriage and anything else, any other relationship, there's different stages in your career and -hmm. in your business. And while, um, you know, winning over some of these challenging ones at a certain point in your career uh, might be, uh, oh gosh, that's good. Uh, This was a tough guy. We, we won him over maybe at a different part of my career, or maybe if I'm more, more, uh, if I'm busier, don't need the work or whatever, you know, you cannot make an argument that business is challenging enough without somebody else's uh, uh, issues being being dropped in your lap. So that's uh, just something to uh, consider. Absolutely. Let's Absolutely. Take, let's take the first customer. I love this first customer. The arrogant customer. The arrogant know-it-all. 
Yeah, he knows everything. If I oh, had the yeah. time, if I had the time and the tools, I could do it myself. I could tell you how to do it. No big deal. But what it is or to it, anybody could do this. Uh, that guy. I'm a, I'm a bit of a woodworker myself. It's always a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I love when they say that one. Well, you know, I'm an engineer. So, um, <laughs> are you now? Are you really? Oh, yeah. I don't think that was the worst thing I could hear. The worst thing I always thought to hear was, I am a lawyer. Oh, really? Um, well, I was never afraid of working for a lawyer unless they make a point of letting me know that they're an attorney. Yeah. And then not only that, it's also a turnoff to me in any profession. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, you don't change the way I do business. So, you know, but the, that that's a tough customer, man, because um, you have to, if you're going to take on that job, sometimes you have to really kind of, kind of, you know, swallow what you, what you think and what you want to say to that guy. Um, or when he says, uh, geez, the cost seems a little high. I was told it could be done for much cheaper. I, I honestly, that's an easy conversation for me. It always has been. I mean, I, I really, really, truly, no matter where, what stage of my career, hey, there's cheaper guys out there. You want to find a cheaper guy? I'm sure you'll find a bunch of them out there. I, that was never, I don't ever worried about that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can justify my prices, uh, but I don't, uh, that was never a concern to me. Uh, I guess we were fortunate. We lived in an area that we had a lot of work. Or the guy who says, uh, "Boy, that seems like uh, seems like a long time." That I didn't takes think a long it would take time. Take that long, yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it would take it with that long. Yeah. I, I love when those guys, you know, I I know I'm constantly going after guys who shampoo carpets and everything. Hey, they work they work hard every day. I know they do, but we're not shampooing carpets here. I can't do three rooms in a day. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But with those guys, you know, the arrogant know-it-all, and those are the things he'd say, I could do it myself. Cost seems a little high. Uh, takes That seems like it takes a long time. I'm, I'm a bit of a woodworker myself. Sir, how about this? I'm a bit of a woodworker myself. Is uh, there any way I could help and bring the price down? Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> That's a... <laughs> That's a, yeah, as I'm as I'm living in a, a million and a half dollar house, yeah. and I, I got a Land Rover and a Porsche outside. Well, when I used to get that, I used to try to I, I used to like to diffuse that situation. So, one of the things I would always say if a guy says, uh, "I do it myself," if I had the time, and I'm like, "Yeah, you you probably absolutely could." You know, rather than say, hey, you know, there's no way, knucklehead, you don't, you don't stand a chance. But I would say, yeah, you probably could. But, you know, the issue you run into is just rental equipment is so terrible and so hard to work with compared to the $8,000 machine that I own that I'm going to be doing your floors with. Or I shouldn't say that. I sell machines for a living. The $5,000 machine that I'm going to use to sand your floor, you can't rent this type of equipment, you know? So I would always go down that route of, you just can't get, you probably could do it. Yeah, you definitely, I don't want to insult the guy. Like, well, you're nicer than me. Snowball's chance in hell are you doing this, but 
yes, I tried to diffuse things. I didn't want to spin it up, you know, give him an out. No, we don't give him no out. <laughs> Especially if he's standing there in front of his wife, yeah. you know, you don't yeah. want to. But if he gives the air that I, I can do this. Now, and I've, I've been here with my brother, John, before when they go there and, and I'll ask the guy, what, what do you think we should do now? What, what should the next step be? Really? Send it to send it to 600 grit. Okay. <laughs> now, what do you think about that? So, uh, yeah. Um, but usually by the end of the job, they always realize they didn't have a prayer to do this job properly. They, they have no idea how much is, is, that goes into the job. Usually you can win them over by the end of the job and they see how much goes into this. They realize that they're, they're mistaken. Uh, and any, any rational person will tell you that. I've said before, you've seen it. We've all seen it. Uh, you might find a general contractor that's standing their, their floors once. You will rarely find one that's done it twice. So. Oh, yeah. And with the home shows, all these home shows, I mean, they're, you know, they show guys out there running the equipment, but you don't hear that guy saying how easy it is. But, you know, we've said it before, guys in our business, when they're running buffers and machines and putting down finishing, they do make it look simple. Yeah. You know, they make it, but that's millions of square feet and years of muscle memory and everything that, that makes that all look so easy, so simple. Like these guys just, you know, picked up a T-bar and started pulling it. <laughs> yeah. Well, one that is actually, I think, worse than the uh, the arrogant customers. And let's preface this by most customers are really good people. I mean, most of them are very good and, and very rewarding to be in their house and work for them. Uh, but uh, these are the so challenging ones we're talking about. And the next one is the anxiety-riddled customer, uh, which almost is, is worse than a know-it-all. Uh, you know, they may have had horror stories from past contractors that they, they've had work done and and uh, they're just scared to death of every move and, and, and they second guess their decisions and, and they also can be very tough to work with. You gotta listen to all their stories. Oh yeah. You gotta listen to all their stories because if you listen to their stories, you might be able to save yourself a lot of hassle in the end. Yeah. Because there's gonna be that same thread that runs through all his horror stories and he's giving you the answer. He's giving you the answer of what he wants to hear, you know? Mm -hmm. So with that guy, I always thought, uh, this is where I'm going to really push my testimonials, put them at ease. I think testimonials are the, the best things in the world, especially, you know, the closer the testimonial to where he lives, the better. You don't want it to be from another state. But if, you know, there was a point where, Pete and I, we just give out so many testimonials during estimates, or we just had a, a running list of, hey, you know, contact one of these guys. He's, you know, all people that love us and asked if I could use their name and number. There were some times where people go, oh my God, I know that guy. I, you know, I used to work with that guy or something like that. So that's always going to help the uh, putting people at ease a little bit. So you said something, uh, I think that's a very, that's key to all these things is uh, listen to them. Uh, I, you know, sometimes, you know, they say, you know, you, you, you should listen more than you talk uh, on the estimates. When you get a feel or vibe that somebody is one of these customers, 
you're right. Uh, the more they talk, the better it is for me, because I I can see what their what their pain points, what their issues right, are. Right, exactly. Yeah, you want to get it all out. Yeah, because like I said, a lot of times you're going to find a common thread in all of that, all yeah. of their you know their their story, their horror shows. Yep, it's the same thing that was always ticking them off. So you know not to go down that road. Well, I I look at it. See, it's funny how we both look at these so differently because. I'm 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 judging this guy if I don't want to work for this clown now. Um, and let's say he says, uh, "Oh yeah, we had." Uh, I'm just going to throw out uh, ABC floors. I don't know an ABC floors. Hope there's not one out there. Uh, that they came in and they they did this and they did all. Of this. I didn't like their work or whatever. And if you happen to know that ABC is a good company, like hey, these this is these guys are no joke, man. This is good competition here. And he just completely trashed them. All right, all right. Well then, I don't want to. I don't want to. This is where I really want to spend my time, especially with the labor shortage. I can pick and choose my jobs. Is this the guy that I that I I really want to spend the next two weeks with? So uh, listening to them talk, and especially when you get an anxiety riddled customer who's like, you know, um, they're uh, they've had the bad experiences. I um, mean, they don't want to give you the key to the house. You know, they don't trust you. Like they don't want to be you, you to be alone in the house or whatever. All these things. I don't need the aggravation. I mean, I, you know, maybe the Wayne at 20 years old would be thinking differently, but I don't need the aggravation, man. Uh, you know who I am, uh, what we do. I mean, our, you know, our name's out there, whatever. And, and uh, is this where I want to spend the next week uh, with the amount of work, work that's out there? So it's a two-way street. Um, it's funny, my friend's uh, uh, daughter sold her house and, uh, in California. And this is a new thing, I guess, with real, <laughs> with real estate. when. When you go to 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 uh, uh, to buy a house, a lot of these prospective buyers are, are writing letters to the homeowner, like the real estate lady said, "Oh, the homeowner's wrote you a letter." Um, you know, I'm Susan. I have three kids, and you know, we really love your home because it's close to my kids' school, and my kids have friends in the neighborhood. And uh, I'm like, "Where's the money?" <laughs> Who wrote the letter? The people that are buying the house. It's very common now that if you want to buy a house from somebody. That you submit, a, you submit an offer. A lot of times, you're also giving them a letter. The homeowner's a letter, saying that you know who you are, what the home means to you, if you were to buy it, and and uh, you know these type of things. You got to be kidding me! I never heard of this. Oh, that's very common. I think it's probably more common in California uh, because the cost of real estate is so high. People are overbidding these jobs. All overbidding these jobs. Overbidding these homes. Uh, in fact, her house was for sale for like five ninety. Went for six forty. I think. You know what I mean? It's like 50000 over the asking price. So getting caught in these bidding wars, people are sometimes submitting a letter hoping that it'll, it'll kind of uh, uh, pull on the, the heartstrings of the uh, person. So, so they're going to take, take 30000 less because you penned them a really sweet letter. Well, I think that's the hope, you know, and, and I'm sure there's nicer people out there than me, you know, or maybe there's people that just don't need the money, you know what I mean? And, and uh, so they might, that might sway them. I don't know. Hell, it's worth a shot. But anyhow, that's the anxiety. That's a new one. Yes. That's a new one. Uh, the other thing about the anxiety guy, I, I think you really got to start to tell him, hey, my business is, I'm in the referral business, okay? I can't afford one bad referral. I think you have to diffuse the situation that way. No, you're not going to go down that route either. I don't, huh? I don't like that. Here's the reason why. I don't want you holding a gun to me and having that leverage over me. You know what I mean? Yes, of course, it's always there. It's implied. 
but I don't want, I don't want them. I don't want to give them ammunition. You know what I mean? Then I that'll run through all these, these hoops for them because I want the referral so bad. Uh, so sorry. Um, that's my thoughts. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Rob. Working all the right. road, man. Hey, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's You're right. That's East Coast, West Coast, man. Absolutely. The funny part is, is a lot of times I sound like I'm West Coast. True. And, and you sound East yeah. Coast. Yeah. Well, I'm a man of the world, Rob. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I've heard that about you. Yes. I mean, I, I, I'm not a West Coast guy. I don't consider myself a West Coast guy, nor do I consider myself an East Coast guy. Um, yeah, you always assume you're that sweet, quiet, Midwestern type boy. That's what I am right there. Not, yeah. uh, no, not a snowball's chance, you know where. <laughs> no way. What about if he says to you, hey, that cost is awfully high. Uh, what can I do to, uh, to work it off? Can I help? No. Did you ever I, let him do? Would you ever let him help? I, I I've told it before. I've done it one time in my job, but that was uh, in my career. But that was by design. Uh, the first words were going to uh, no couldn't have got out any faster. But right when I was going to say no, I looked at him and I thought, "We're going to hurt this kid." Uh, yeah, absolutely. You want to work with us a couple of days installing that? That that definitely take the price down because I wanted to make a point. And I'm not making this up. Uh, any floor guy probably knows the same thing. Uh, uh, we worked that dude to death. And on day two, he didn't show up at eight o'clock. He wasn't there at nine o'clock. About 9.30, he, he called me. He goes, dude, just finished the job. I can't, I, every, I, every bone in my body is killing me right now. I had no idea that it would exactly. hurt so bad. Exactly. Well, at least we agree on one because... I never wanted to say no. You know, no is a bad where to go. Always yes. They have something I always want to say yes, but it's under my, yeah. You know what? Definitely. Well, absolutely. I could use the help. Rubbish removal, carrying wood, carpet removal, staple removal. Just give him every crap job that you don't want to do. Knock a little bit off of the bill. You know, it's going to save you a ton. You're going to make a lot more money laying in sand and floors than you are removing carpet. Well, yeah. comes a disagreement. No, but uh, just for clarification, like when I'm there working, I don't want you to help me at all. Uh, uh, zero. Uh, that That is the other, that's where I was also going is I've been to years of training and testing and everything. Nobody runs the machines and puts down the stain, seal, and finish but me. Yeah. So if you want to if you want to take out the carpet staples and, the, the, and all that kind of stuff, the pad, I'm I'm fine with that. I, I don't want to do that anyhow. But here's the thing: I always tell them, listen. People say this all the time, you know. Yes, we take off two hundred dollars if I do this, and yes, we will do that. But be aware, it may be more work than you think it is. And in any case, see every one of these little staples. Every one of them has to come out, because it's been my experience that they, oh yeah, we'll do that. And then you get to the job, and they're, you know, you got to do three quarters of the job because they didn't do it right. I don't trust them to do it right. I would highly discourage them, uh, but there you go. Uh, I used to, well, that only happened to us a couple times. Because after that, when I said, okay, yeah, take out the carpet, the staple, you know, padding and everything. Take out the carpeting to them was carpet, carpet and pad. And then they would leave all the staples, the tax strip and all that. And okay, well, I've learned my lesson now. Now I would explain to everybody. I don't know. And once I explained to exactly where I needed the floor to be, 
if you didn't want to do it, if you didn't want me to do it and save money and said, look, I need all, every staple, every, you know, because if it hits my sandpaper or rips my drum or something, you know, I'm, I'm into a $600 repair bill. So it has to be done and it has to be right. And I don't know how many times I would get a call day before, two days before the job. We couldn't do it. We, we can't do it. We'll pay you to do it once they found out how tough it was. But never say no. Always find there's always a way that you can kind of weasel your way out of it or just do something that you don't want to end up doing. I've come to realize in life that I, one of the flaws that I have and being serious that um, I, uh, I take for granted that I, I shouldn't have to tell people every little thing, you know what I mean? Like I shouldn't have to explain every little detail to somebody that you should get, you know, what has to be done. I shouldn't have to go into minute detail. And I, I guess sometimes I do. With that, you had to. Yeah, that was a, that was yeah. a nightmare. All right, extreme hagglers. Can you break down your estimate? Make sure your contract makes it very clear that when when you're when you're when the payment schedule are with uh, is with these guys, with a with a really extreme haggler that really wants to know. Okay, well, what what's the breakdown of your contract and this that and the other? It's a huge red flag to me. It's a turn off. I don't do business that. Way. I don't haggle. I don't you know. I just I don't do those things. And and I, it's a turn off to me completely. If it's legit, if it, if it's sincere, or at least feels sincere, that uh, hey, you know the, the the guy would love the job, but it's just a little more expensive, whatever. I will take that under consideration, maybe, but uh, I don't I, I don't do the haggling thing. That's a red flag to me, and that that's a turnoff to me wanting to work for that client. You never put a little bit in extra. Nope. Even if I do, I'm not going to tell you I do. Right. No, I'm not going to say you're gonna. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you a little story. Okay. The guy used to work on my boat. It took me a while to find the right guy. I had an old boat and it, it needed, it needed some loving all the time, you know? And finally I found this guy and he was about a 45 minute drive away. He would give me a quote, you know, I'd say, so, you know, what do you think it's going to cost? He give me the quote on the cost, and I would say ninety percent of the time when I would go pick the boat up, he would come in lower. It was always lower. What that did for me, though, I I because I swear after a while I think he was doing it on purpose. Because you're going in there thinking, all right, you know, it's gonna be a seven hundred dollar bill. And he's like, hey, you know, I got this part. I used it. For, I got it in for $490. I, I would drive away with the biggest smile on my face, like like the guy had given me $100. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, I get it. So build a little extra into the price for the guy who's going to be the crazy haggler. And then if he doesn't haggle, give it back to him. You know, say, hey. The labor or the material came in at a little better cost. Maybe not give the whole 500 back, but give if he's expecting X for his final bill and you give it to him and it comes in lower, nobody expects lower. Right? No, nobody's expecting lower. 
I know you're looking at me shaking your head going, no, I don't agree with anything that he's saying here. I, I just, but I, I saw it work with my boat guy. I believe that. And I, I, I would, yeah. if I was doing this full time, like we used to, I would try that. I would definitely try it out because not only was I so pumped about my price coming in lower, I told anybody with a boat and trailer, hey, where do you, where do you get your stuff worked on? I got a guy. He is, you know, my boat is humming. He got it running better. I, I pushed his business like there was nobody. I was a salesman for him. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And a, a lot of it was, well, one, the guy was really good. You know, when you get yeah. a good boat guy, you get a good boat guy. Yeah. But he was good. And that little bit always coming in under what I was thinking I was going to pay. Man, that was just amazing. I, I, I always happy with that guy. Um, last year while I was fishing, I was at the, I was already, you know, at the, uh, at the dock, right. In my boat and two kids come in. Uh, I don't know. I'd say 19, 20 ish came in with their boat. It was a beater. And as right as they were coming up to the dock inexplicably, he charged his boat right into mine. I mean, like it was idling and then also just whoop, hit it and hit the side of my boat. Oh, and, um, I looked at him. I go, what the hell's, what hell's matter with you, man? And he goes, oh, sorry, man. I, you know, I, whatever. And and it took the paint off the side of my boat and, and put a scratch in it. About six oh, my long. gosh. Yeah. So anyhow, I mean, I have to call your boat guy. So did you fight this kid? I can see uh, you getting in a fight over that. You know what? The, the, he's got no money. The boat was piece of junk uh, you know it had a raggedy it had a raggedy motor on the back of it and um what are you gonna do you know the kid's got no money you know what i mean so whatever oh it's, it's just life uh and and, and by i'm the really way, shocked how you're taking this well here's the thing it might surprise you um my boat's not a trailer queen man i fish out of it and i you know what i mean I, i'm not the guy that's gonna detail the, the immaculate come home and Shampoo the carpet every time. That's not me. I okay. don't have that kind of time. That's what I so, say about my boat. It's a working man's boat. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's a working man's boat. It's going to get banged up a little bit. That's it. All right. Well, I had I had you pegged for a different type of boat guy then. Uh, no, no. I, I maybe I'd be that guy if I had more time. I just don't have the time. But um, I don't. And I I get it when you come in lower that they'll be happy. I don't. I don't ever come in lower. But I also don't come in higher. I, I, I can rarely think of one opportunity where I changed the price on what was going to be the final bill. Yeah. You higher, you mean? Higher or lower. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I, I would like to have tried that little thing that I learned from the boat guy. Yeah. Especially if I was building in, you know, a lot of times I didn't build in extra money if somebody was going to haggle. Mm -hmm. So you know, the other thing that can stop the haggling, too, is, you know, one of the things that we teach at the school is pricing. If you offer the three prices, the good, better, best, poly, mega, traffic, you know, there's your haggle. There, there's your haggling right there, right? If you, and, and I know what you're thinking. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, give me traffic at the mega price. Or, well, 
they yeah. could go down that road. Um, I um, or you give them a go away price. You know what I mean? And then you win in any case. You know what I mean? If they're if they're really extreme hagglers, I'm going to charge very high. And if I get the job, I get it. If they don't, I don't care. Um, but uh, I also, I'm, I, you know, listen. If I if I think some something's going to cost me eight hundred dollars, or or I'll give you a good for instance. I had a st a stain. I, it's weird. I can remember this job. It was it's nothing nothing um, that jumps out about the job, except the stain looks so black and so done that no hope whatsoever it was going to sand out. And um, the guy gave me his keys and whatever. Said, "All right, come. I'm, I'm on. Whatever. I'm gonna be back in a week or so." I think they were buying the house. They had a place back east. Uh, and when I sanded that floor, I charged them, I think, $800 to take the, the to do the repair. That came up snow white, beautiful. I mean, like, no issues. I mean, it was gone. I was shocked because usually you can tell, right? Or you got a pretty good idea what will sand out, what won't. This one was completely like, it looked like there's no way in the hell it's going to sand out. And it came out fantastic. And I, obviously, I gave him his $800 back. I didn't charge my dime for it. He was thrilled out of his mind. There you go. See? So you've done it. Well, I, I, I did it because I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Because it there was didn't weren't doing the work, so that's different. You know what I mean? If I had done the job, but only said, "Oh, it took me." But did he know that it sanded out that quick? I I I told him everything sanded out. I have to do a repair. I said, "Gosh, I'm, I got to be honest with you. I'm shocked because when it looks this dark, this bad, usually it's a it's a game over." So what I'm saying is, you could have kept the money. Yeah, I could have, and he wouldn't have known. Yeah, I could have, what done some top top nails around the area. I guess. <laughs> Lift scraps there or something said I did the job, you know, but though, no, but uh, life doesn't. You see, so you did. You've already done that. You already gave somebody and no, he wasn't I didn't. expecting that money back. Yeah, you did. No, that's different than I did. the. Let's say it was a legit repair, but I said, you know what? The repair didn't take me as long as I thought I charged you $800 here. It only charges you five now. So that's different, but I didn't All do right. the work. All right. You know, another thing. That will stop the hagglers too. Hmm. Trick that I talked about that I learned from my uncle on some of your line items: anti-slip, no charge; water popping, no charge. A any of those little things that you're doing, waste removal, no charge. You know, when he sees things, three or four different things that, uh, and he didn't charge me for this, he didn't charge me for that, but you pointed out to him. Like, mm -hmm. like water pop or use an anti-slip. It's not going to cost you anything extra to do that. They don't know that. You put it in as a line item that, yeah, I'm not charging you, but that's what I do. You know, sometimes you can diffuse that situation of, boy, I got cast irons if I'm going to haggle with this guy when he's already given me three freebies. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's weird because I never did that good, better, best thing or, or doing those line items that you do. I'm not saying it's wrong. I think it's interesting. It's just something I never thought of. Mm -hmm. I just, I just never did that. I can see, I mean, I, I totally see why you're, and I've experienced that where I've had stuff done and they've, they've did line items and say, Hey, we didn't charge you for X, Y, and Z. And uh, I, I would have to think about that. It's something I ever did, but it might be a good idea. Well, definitely get back to me. Okay. Yeah. Wanna, you know, I just want to yeah. make sure that, you know, somehow I made you happy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. Uh, what, what's the next one, Rob? The nagger. Yes. Incessant naggers. Um, the nagger. 
Um, I think you got to reverse the situation here. I think you reverse the situation. You become the nagger. Constant communication. Communicate about everything. Constant updates. Daily updates. Boy, that's a good idea. That's you a good are idea. on his tail about, oh, good. Glad you're home. Hey, here's what we did today. Boom, 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 boom. To the point where you know you're going way overboard. He's going to probably start trying to stay away from you rather than nagging you. You're nagging him with constant communication, texting, right? Here's what happened today. Things went great. Boom, right? Stay in contact with him. Take that completely away from him. I also think that that communication timeline, that's going to help the anxiety guy too. The guy who's nervous, he's a nervous wreck. You're there and everything. Giving him constant updates. How are things moving along? Sticking to the timeline, that kind of thing. Okay. You're shaking your head like, no, 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 I'm not. Sure. no, no, I'm not. Right when I completely give it up on you. You say something brilliant. See, my wife always wants, oh, how come you look up to Rob so much? I don't understand why you look up to Rob. See, Judy, that's the magic that I'm talking she about said right that. there. Why do you look up to Rob? No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I think that's fantastic. And here's the reason why is my nature is to do the opposite. I go back in my shell. I don't want to talk to you now. I'm going to just get, I'm going to put my head down and go to work and my work will speak for itself and blah, blah, blah. But you are right. That's a very good call. That's to stay on top of it. The communication, you see that these people need to be, have their hand up a little bit. They want to be communicated. They want to talk. I think that's a really good idea. And I can tell you, it would not have been my nature. And I probably didn't do that. I probably did the opposite. And, and so that is a very good call. See, you say I don't I don't compliment you when you're right. No, no. Matter of fact, this bell is for me. That was that was a bell for me. Wait a minute, I got a bell too. I have to keep forgetting. You got a bell. I gave you one for your birthday yes. or yes, you did. Or the hundred. Let's hear it. Wait. That's not as loud as yours. Maybe I got yeah, I don't it was on paper. Put it right Hold up it. to the microphone. Any louder? Yeah, no. Where's my microphone at? That better? Yeah. Hang on. Okay. I was going to do a song. Okay. Um, no, I think that's a great idea, uh, Rob. That's a really good idea, in fact. And that was something that was a, I definitely practice what I preach here. When I was coaching hockey, mm -hmm. I had the problem dads. You know, you'd always have a handful of dads that just, they were definite naggers, pain in the neck, you know, you, you know that some guys are just insane when their kids are playing sports. So I would take those guys and make them my clipboard dads. At the beginning of the year, you always knew there was a handful of guys who were just, if you didn't get them on your side, it was just going to be a horrible season. And I used to just say, look, that." The assistant coach takes care of all that stuff. That didn't really work because now everybody's fighting with everybody. So I used to take these problem dads, and I swear to you, I would give them a clipboard with paper on it that I had made up in it, right? So that if we had 30 games that year, they had 
30 pieces of paper. And I would say, listen, here's what I need from you. I need to know with hockey, there's a thing called plus minus, okay? Player stats. And a plus minus is if you score when you're on the ice, if your team scores, everybody on the ice gets a plus one. Now, if they score against you, you get a minus one. So you could really start to see if a player, you know, a good hockey player in the NHL, he's probably got a plus 30 next to his name by the end of the season. And, you know, you'll have some guys who are minus 45, right? They're, they're out there for a lot of goals. But there's all sorts of where your shots are taken from, how many shots were taken, you know, all. I would give each one of these clipboard dads, this is your job, okay? I need this just so I can focus on coaching, get my lines right, stats and everything. Wayne, it got to be so funny at the end of the game, outside of the locker room, there'd be four or five, three, four or five dads with their clipboards, right? Just ready to give me all the information. It was one of the most brilliant moves. For anybody coaching sports out there, try it, okay? You'll, it'll bring your love of coaching back because you just eliminate a few of your headaches that way. Bring them in. Because what I found out, a lot of times those guys, they just want to be part of it. You, you know what I mean? They want to be part of it. Maybe they don't have time to coach or put the time in or whatever. But um, the nagger, make him a clipboard dad. A lot of communication with him. I'm glad you're happy with that one. Now I'm, I'm going to sleep really good tonight. You know, I, I've had zero desire to be a coach my entire life. <laughs> it's true. I've had zero desire until in the road. Once again, no, no in the road until last year. And I've, I've, I've told you this many times when I quit working, I want to be a coach. Uh, I don't want to be uh, like the head coach. I'm not going to, I don't have the knowledge of the years of experience of, of being a head coach, or I don't even be the assistant coach, but I want to, like I was at a football game the other day and I was looking at the sideline, the players on the sideline and their mannerisms as they're standing there uh, and how they stand and then, and how look, how invested they look like in the game. And I have identified like, in fact, guess what I would like to do. I'd like to get like 10 kids, bring them into a room and say, look, I've identified you guys as losers you know what I mean? Hopeless causes. Like, you know, you know and, and I see you don't even think yourself that you could be a, 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 you know, an all-star one day and, and turn them into athletes, turn them into studs, uh, you know, bring them to the gym every day, make them work out, make them run and make them, make them hard. And you know what I mean? Give me, give me, you're going to be your freshman. You got, you got three and a half years left. All right, man, this is the plan. Here's how we get you to be a superstar. You got to buy in. If you buy in, I'll make you that guy. And uh, I would love to do that. I can see you. Well, you know, I see you with your own team. I see you with your adhesives team. You're right. I think you would have been a really good coach. I, if you had told me when I was playing sports and in high school as a kid and everything that I would want to be a teacher or a coach, I'd have laughed you out of the room. That would have been the last thing in the world. I'll, I'll just give you a little, for instance, last week uh, I was doing um doing a training up in Kalamazoo, Michigan at PAW. And um, there was a guy who had been running the big machine. He was a, I would say he was in his thirties, only been in the business for about seven months. 
So he was one of those guys who would come back with the machine and then he was making his transition over, you know, he'd move it, get it lined up straight and then go, right? So I showed him, I go, you know, that takes four seconds to do that. Let me show you another way, okay? Where you just stop and go for like a guy who's been running a machine, right? It changed completely how he was running the machine. He had no rhythm when he was running the machine, you know? And that one little adjustment, because even a guy standing next to me is like, wow, look at him go now. And I'm like, crazy, isn't it? Well, the guy turns off the machine. He walks over and shakes my hand. He goes, wow, that was unbelievable. He goes, I, I can't believe what a difference that made. And I said, you know, it was funny. I said, I was just talking to the guy next to me that, that little bit of an adjustment, I said, you just look so, so much more comfortable behind the machine. And I said, it really just, really what it did was it just improved his rhythm. He got, he got the rhythm, you know, and man, he just blasted off. So to me, that there's just nothing better than coaching. I, you know, that's why, I mean, I love coaching the kids and hockey and baseball, but you know, I've said it, I don't know how many times in this show till, you know, people are probably ready to kill me, but man, do I love training. And it's those little, you know, those little things, you make an adjustment with a guy and all of a sudden, you know, he's in it, you know, he sees it. Nice. All right. So of those five things we talked about, one, two, three, four things we talked about, uh, the reasons why you should cut these customers out of your life sometimes uh, is if I'm going to go through them. Uh, potential profit loss. If you get on a, on a job with some of these customers that really tie up your time and slow the job down and indecisive people that cannot make a decision to save their life and because they're not able to relay uh, what they want, you can give them the best product you can know and know how to get, but uh, maybe they don't know what they want, but they also, or what they don't want, but they don't know what they want also. So, you know, you can spend all this time with these people and never make them happy. Uh, profit loss, client service delays, where you're, you know, you're with these clients and you could be doing something else, but you have to keep going back to them because they need their handheld. Uh, a deemed reputation. Oh man, with social media? Yeah. With social media, you see these people. Yep. And here I think is another, they're dying. Sometimes they're just dying to rip somebody to shreds. I saw, as a matter of fact, uh, you, uh, today on social media, uh, this lady gets in an Uber car, and uh, she gets in the, the back seat, and the passenger seat is moved all the way back into the back seat. So we're like, she sits down like her knees are in her chest, right? I've been, we've all been there probably. I mean, uh, I've done that before where I go and get an Uber car, and the, the the front seat is so far back, I don't I don't have any room. We've all probably been there. So she goes, uh, driver, excuse me, can you move the front seat forward? And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. She goes, well, I don't think you're really sorry because you guys, Uber di drivers do that. So it seems like some some to that effect, right? And he goes, oh, I'm oh, sorry about geez. that. Yeah. So then um, he starts to take off. She goes, excuse me. And he stopped and she goes, oh, I haven't finished putting on my seatbelt yet, okay? Can you wait? And I thought, they're, they're out there, man. They're out there. So. Um, and a dude, uh, hey, yeah. um, he had more patience than I do. Just say, so you're the just say no guy. Yeah. So 
But one of the most impactful thing is on your health and, and your the stress level on your health and how impactful that is that to spend the uh, you know time with these people. And you you know sometimes is it worth the fight so you can so you can get them over to your side so you get a good review at the end or blah blah blah. It may like I said maybe when I was a kid, but anymore that life is life is challenging enough. Running a business is challenging enough. Doing the floor is challenging enough. I don't need the aggravation. Um, uh, you know what the other thing is you're in a different category now. You you've won floor of the year. Well, true. You're floor of the year recipient. Yeah, maybe that's why. Right. Yeah. They they are lucky that you even walked through the door. Yes. Play that trumpet music. Floor of the year. Uh, business closure and bankruptcy uh, on a larger scale. Uh, I've certainly seen general contractors lose their minds over this and almost lose their job and 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 detrimental to their health. Like. I know a guy who quit the business completely because of one customer, a super good builder. Very. This is the guy you want to build your house. Wow. And the experience of nine months of this customer, he almost had a nervous breakdown and uh, he got out of it all together. He doesn't work. And his wife went back to be a realtor because he just couldn't do it anymore. And it wasn't the, the guy was an incredible home builder, but he, that customer ruined it, ruined his, you know, his livelihood from there on out. So you know, these things, you know, take these things into consideration. You work very hard as a contractor and uh, this job is stressful enough. Just be careful of the lead, red flags, the arrogance, the anxiety riddled customers, the extreme hagglers and the incessant naggers. Uh, be careful. <laughs> be careful running into that group. Is that five? Right. Is that five? Uh, no, there were the fifth one you wanted me to leave out, I thought. Dishonesty is the fifth one. Oh. I don't know how you, how you tell if someone's dishonest. Uh, but I think there's some um, the haggler, the arrogant, the know-it-all. No, 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 no. There is one more. Scroll down, scroll down, Wayne, you dummy. Indecisiveness. Uh, opposite of the arrogant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't really, yeah, uh... yeah, yeah. You're right. They never make a decision. Um, you know, um, and they regret when they do make a decision. They know what they they uh, they don't know what they want, but they 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 don't know what they want but they they do know what they don't want um you know so you know they can't verbalize that's when i refused to sell there was a point in time where i refused to sell semi-gloss i got in too many jams with semi-gloss mm -hmm. i heard it too many times like hmm, that's a little shinier than i thought and i was like well you, it's semi-gloss or geez it's a little duller than i thought well so I used to just, I sold two flavors, shiny, shiny and satin, glass or, glass or satin, please no middle of the road. I mean, unless a guy was adamant, like, no, semi, you know, semi-gloss, but when people were like, ah, I'm not sure, if, you know, what about like a semi-gloss? I say, please, let's make a decision. You're not going to be happy. Let's make a decision here. The indecisive people. Mm -hmm. um the last thing i um you know here's red flags uh, that, that, that are key like red flags in their conversation is uh you know my brother-in-law georgia he's a flooring contractor and he says you're like charging like way higher than he thought it should be for that amount of work um the you know the, the family members in the trade or whatever um i've talked to seven different contractors and and then none of them think you know what you're doing type of deal or you know I, like i've had other experts that i talked to and they kind of disagree with something you want to do 
uh, or uh, we can't pay in advance, but we'll pay in full when it's done type of guys. That's a red flag. That If you can't give me money up front, then because yeah. I used to tell people that down payment is you just bought time in my schedule. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cover some material and stuff, but what you really did was you just bought time in my schedule. End of story. If they can't give it up for that, and and like I said, of course, a lot of it would be, I tried to get uh, all the material money up front anyways, but if they were any, anybody saying, nah, we'll pay you in full when it's done. Nope, that, I'm going to be a Highlander there. I'm, I'll mm-hmm. see you later. That's a yeah. huge red flag. Yeah. So, like we said, you know, look, most of our customers are fantastic, wonderful customers, great experiences. Uh, some customers we all make friends for life uh, that refer to us. We've had dinner with, with customers. We've had customers, you know, uh, just be over the top good to us. Well, and our good friend, Jeremiah Strong. Yeah. He ended up marrying his customer. That's right. Yeah. He married her. Yep. Best, best floor he ever did. He is the second floor guy. He's the second floor guy I know that married a customer. When Pete and I, when Pete and I used to get jammed up, I was just telling my son this story today. When Pete and I used to get jammed up, there was another company that we would use to do installs for us. If we were really wrapped up, we had these two guys that we call in, do installs. The guy goes in, does the install with this customer. And I happen to know her. She was a, a receptionist at the dentist I went to. I had known her for years, beautiful woman, really one of those, you know, beautiful on the inside and outside. She had a, she had a boyfriend that they were engaged to be married. The guy that I used to go in there and do the job, he broke the marriage up and ended up marrying her. Wow. Two guys, two floor guys I know married their customer. I don't know any other floor guys other than you that married their customers, but I've known several that had very short relationships with the customers. <laughs> All right, so we'll leave it at we'll leave it at that. Um, so I appreciate it, Rob. Uh, as again, we said these are just red flags to consider, uh, especially in this time with the labor shortage, and we can uh, the floor floor contractors have uh, options um, that uh, maybe just kind of uh, be mindful of. All right, well, this has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode. <laughs>